It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everybody. Welcome to the Orange Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby, Mary Kay Cabot, Ashley Bastock. And I thought, what better time than now to sort of look back at the combine? I, I know it's still going on, but, you know, pull the curtain back. A lot of people leave before the actual, like, stuff you see on TV starts, the testing and, and all of that. So uh, we were there for Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry. Uh, the really important stuff for us, of course. And I just wanted to kind of look back and see if there were any lingering thoughts you guys had from what Kevin and Andrew had to say. And then maybe we'll cover some stuff we covered on some earlier pods, but we kind of knocked those out pretty quickly. So um, anything we might have missed or if you thought back about something they said on that long drive back from Indianapolis that, that stood out to you, Mary Kay, is there something that's kind of stuck with you from, from those two days? You know, one of my takeaways from those two days is the fact that I don't really 100% know what they're thinking is on free agency or the draft, but I really do feel that they need to look long and hard at the wide receivers available in free agency and also the defensive linemen available in free agency and in the trade market. I don't think that they can absolutely 100% count on uh, guys being able to contribute for them in a meaningful way if they're picked at number 54 overall. Yes, you would like that guy to be a starter, but I think they need two more impact players, one at receiver and one at defensive end if they don't re-sign Zadarius Smith. So I come away thinking, like I felt heading in, that these are two very, very important areas that they have to look at. Trying to think, like, what would make me disappointed in this free agency? And and I think the big thing would be if they just kind of left wide receiver as is. Like, if we came out, uh, if we're recording a podcast at the end of March and we haven't seen this team add something at wide receiver, whether it's a big name number two or like a, a just a really solid number three, if it becomes pretty clear that they're going to stay status quo and maybe draft a guy. I think that would make for a disappointing free agency in in my mind, Ashley. I think so too. And for me, I think a big part of it is because we've sat there and watched them the last two years try to fill holes in the pass catching court in the wide receiver room through the draft. And, you know, we've talked about Sed Tillman and David Bell, but I think what's clear with both of those guys, and they may have roles, you know, in some capacity, on this team, but neither of those guys is a surefire 
number two top flight receiver in the NFL. Now, I think a big part of that is you look at where the Browns have picked the last couple of years and, you know, you're not going to be in the running for one of those top guys like the guys from Ohio State that have come into the draft in recent years, right? They just haven't been able to have that positioning to find that kind of guy in the draft. So I'm with you. I think I also would be disappointed to see them if they just kind of sit status quo. And I know, you know, they really like what David Njoku gave them this year, but obviously he's a tight end. It's a little bit different. Elijah Moore, I know they think that there's something still there with him that they can mine out of him. I do think that's true, but I think, again, do you want to sit here status quo and not really do anything major in that room in terms of adding a veteran? And I don't think the answer there should be, yeah, we feel comfortable doing that. America, I know you you spent some time writing about the the defensive ends and the Zadarius Smith situation. Um, and I, you kind of put a, a price in there you know, as to where you think the Browns would end up. And it's kind of in that, what would you say, 10 to $13 million range? Is 13 too high? Is, is that sort of what people should be thinking? Well, it depends. It depends on the player. There might be a player that you would be willing to spend that much money on. It's If it's another player that you don't think you're going to get nine, 10 sacks out of, maybe you go in the $11 million range. So I do think that's about right. 10 to 13 is probably where they would feel comfortable for a number two edge, but nothing is written in stone. They will, I think, look very hard at other premier edge rushers to be their number two if they don't re-sign Z. And I wrote this last week that Joe Flacco and Z and a number of other guys, Jordan Elliott, Harrison Bryant, are 100% set and poised to hit the free agent market. This means that it's pretty unlikely that they're going to get something done before they can step out and sign with another team. We know that the negotiating period is from March 11th to March 13th. And for people that need a little refresher, that's when you can engage in parameters of a contract. You can talk to the agents for these free agents, but you can't close a deal until March 13th when the league year opens. So I do think that if Z goes out and finds something that he likes better, then they will be looking at some of the other pass rushers in free agency. I really think they have to get another good number two edge if they don't re-sign him. And yes, that is about the price range they would be in. I wonder what Z's market is going to be because, you know, he had a good year last year, at least as far as creating pressure, but his sack numbers were, were down. I mean, we've talked about it, five and a half sacks. He went from 10 to five and a half. And, and remember those 10 in 2022 were like first half of the year. And then his production dropped off in the second half of um, the year before he came to Cleveland. He's going to be 32 in September. So I've got to imagine if the Browns were willing to give him 11 or $12 million again to come back that I don't think he's going to hit the market and make $20 million. I, I could be wrong, but um, it's, I don't know. It seems to me like it would not shock me, Ashley, if Zedarius were back, just because I don't know what his market ultimately is, is going to look like. Yeah, I think with all of those guys that are potentially set, at least set right now, to become free agents. And Mary Kay, I know you've basically written this about all four of them, and the other three are interior guys, right? It's Jordan Elliott, Mo Hurst, and Shelby Harris. I think ultimately... 
none of the four of them are going to have some huge like back up the Brinks truck market, you know, especially a guy like Mo Hurst and Shelby Harris. I think we kind of know who they are at this point, where their value lies. But I think the price might be right on all of these guys ultimately. And it might be down to, hey, do you want to come back to Cleveland if you're Zadarius Smith? And I think when Z first got here, it struck me that he really did you know, want to perform with the sack numbers, especially and build off of the year, the first half of the year he had in 2022, because he knew he was going to have the chance to hit free agency, right? That was part of the deal in them getting him here. It was going to allow him to become a free agent sooner. So he was excited by that chance. So I wonder, you know, we didn't talk to him a ton about the sack numbers. He told us midway through the year about that. He knew he, he wanted to get more. He should have had more. He felt like there were things he could be doing to get more, but he never seemed like overly disgruntled in that regard either. So I'm with you. I think the the price might end up being right on him just because, you know, we've spent all this time talking about sacks and how much of the Browns value pressure and how valuable that becomes. But I think we're going to see in the free agency market here how sacks, of course, still matter, which we talk about all the time. Does it matter, Mary Kay, that they have a new defensive line coach? Does that Could that play a role in whether Z came back or not? I think it will play a role to a degree. He will watch all the film and help determine if they should go in another direction or if he's really excited about Z in the same way that the previous guys were. So we'll have to see how that works out. They raved about Z. Even at the NFL Combine, Andrew Barry really had great things to say about Z. They like what he brought to the table from a, a personality standpoint, a leadership standpoint. They really, really liked all that. And once again, they felt that he you know, had enough pressure and was disruptive enough that he was doing the exact job they needed him to do at that number two edge. I personally think that they do need another almost double-digit sacker over there. And maybe it could be Z. And maybe the new defensive line coach, Jacques Césaire, will coax an almost double-digit sack season out of Z. We know he has it in him. He's done it a number of times before. So maybe they'll be able to pull more out of him. And again, as Ashley mentioned, sacks do matter at this time of year in the offseason when you're trying to get paid. And that's why players want to get them because they result in millions and millions of dollars in many cases. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, I will note that there is a certain free agent edge rusher uh, who's 26 years old, who we talked about a lot towards the end of the season, who played for Jacques Césaire last year, uh, Jonathan Grenard. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That would that would be the type of guy that I would love the Browns to target. A guy in his mid twenties that you would sign to a long term deal, who you could just plant next to Miles Garrett for four years. Uh, but I don't know if they're going to go that route or not. They've been pretty content to do the the long term veteran guys, or I'm sorry, the short term veteran guys um, on on bigger one year deals. So we'll see. Uh, Ashley, what kind of leftover thoughts do you have from the last couple days? Yeah, so there's really like two for me that I'm going to kind of lump into one larger thing, because there's actually one player I want to talk about who I did write about yesterday. But I think the one quote from Andrew that stuck out to me, I included it in my like takeaways on Tuesday after we heard from Andrew. 
when he got asked about, you know, the second round pick, of course, the last two years, he's ended up trading that second round pick. He got like three picks back for it in 2022, the third round pick, and then two fourths. Uh, and then last year, it was, of course, a part of the Elijah Moore deal that he sent to the Jets. So we've seen him wheel and deal. And Andrew had that quote about it feels like something to the effect of having money in his pocket. It's hard for him to keep money in his pocket was the quote. And I think we've seen that time and time again. I think I'm still to the point that this pick, it would not shock me in the slightest if they end up not picking in the second round for some reason. Maybe they make one of these free agent deals that we were just talking about in the last segment. However, if they do end up keeping that second round pick, my combine crush, as I joke every year, there's always one guy whose interview I listen to, I get sucked into believing that he would be the perfect fit on the Cleveland Browns. This year, it is defensive tackle Mason Smith. Mason with two A's if people want to go and look him up. Uh, I know he. the Browns were one of the few teams that he had met with when he talked to the media. It sounded like that meeting went really well. Jim Schwartz was very hands-on with him. He said they were drawing all kinds of stuff up on the whiteboard in that meeting uh, when he got the chance to talk to Jim. And I think what's so intriguing about him is we remember Jim Schwartz last year talking about wanting Ferraris and not dump trucks in the middle of his D-line. And to me, this kid is just a Ferrari. He's 6'5", 306 he weighed in at. He's huge. He walked up to the podium and I looked around the room and I'm like, how come none of these other D tackles look like this guy? And what struck me in reading more about him and hearing him talk, very mature. He went through an ACL injury, which is why I think folks are a little down on him because coming out of high school, he was a five-star recruit. He was the number one player in Louisiana and he played at an SEC school and he's young. He's only 21. Those are four categories that we know Andrew Barry has really gravitated to, particularly in like the second, third, fourth round, going after those traits guys. And I think he's a guy that for a bargain, it's a little bit of a gamble. If you keep the second round pick, though, I think he could potentially be a really great fit in this scheme, knowing what he was good at at LSU. So those are my two things. I don't know if they're going to keep the second round pick, but Mason Smith is the guy that I'm going to be hyper fixated on until the end of April. Now I think we checked it. I mean, we checked off one of our bingo board spots when, when Andrew gave yes. that quote. Um, so, you know, left his options open with that second round pick. I think that was your, one of your uh, entries there, Mary Kay. So uh, we checked off, put an X on the bingo board there. I think we got three or four of them this week. I got to go back. And I know, I know we got two for Andrew and I definitely know we got one off Kevin, but I'm not sure. I got, I got to go through. That's what, that's the really important stuff here. Uh, that people want to know is how the bingo board looks. This pick is interesting because, you know, like Ashley said, Mary Kay, they have traded the last two picks, the last two second round picks, but those were also picks in the 40s. Um, and last year's was in the high 40s. And actually, they both were in the high 40s. This year, it's 54, which is a little closer to the end of the second round. It's a little more like a third round pick. It might be a little harder to move that for something super valuable. But I mean, we're we've got a Hey Mary Kay pod coming and people are going to hear us talk about, and we've talked about on other pods, the possibility of trading for a receiver instead of drafting one. Um, I, I think one of the reasons you had to put that on the bingo board is because honestly with Andrew Barry, every single option is open with that second round pick. He could do anything and he could do anything with it right up until the Browns actually go on the clock. Right. And the thing to remember about Andrew Barry and this regime is the fact that they will draft or go seek and find the best available player. They're not going to say, we need to have a receiver at number 54, even though 
That's what people always seem to expect them to do. And even though they have shown us year after year after year that they don't draft for need. I mean, when they have that lovely scenario, when need and opportunity matches up together and availability, uh, then that's fine. They'll go that route. But other than that, they're going to find the best available player that they can find when they pick. And we don't know that when that will be. As we have been mentioning, they could move up a little bit in the second round. They could move down. We're not really sure yet. They could trade it away for something else. So we'll have to see how that all goes, of course. But I do think there is a world in which it's a deep enough receiver draft class that you might be able to find a receiver at number 54. And it could be one of those years where a need matches up with some of the best guys that are in the draft at that moment. And they haven't drafted a second round receiver. They've really been third and fourth and whatnot. And this is a chance for them to get one of the better receivers in the draft, especially if they maybe can move up a little bit from number 54. So again, we'll have to see how that goes. I, th- I actually think they do need two receivers. I think they need a good veteran and then someone in the pipeline, someone really good in the pipeline that they can you know, start to turn things over to down the road and make into a starter next year or the year after. As far as Ashley's guy is concerned, very intriguing prospect and certainly somebody to look at there. Uh, I think that they could possibly have a need for a defensive tackle because, as we've been mentioning, they've got three guys in Jordan Elliott, Shelby Harris, Maurice Hurst, that are set to hit the free agent market. And they're not probably going to re-sign all of them. They might re-sign one, two of them. There's a chance they might not re-sign all three of them. So if that's the case, they will need another body or two for the rotation. And I'm also anxious to see what the future this year, this season is going to be for Siaki Ika. I, <laughs> this is a little bit unfair to do. I mean, you could do this with draft picks constantly, um, but... There is one time in the Andrew Barry regime when when you could say that he drafted for need, right? And that was 2020. There were a bunch of good tackles. Felt like he was going to take a tackle. That's what he did. It takes Jedrick Wills. I, I do just want to point out a couple of guys that went in that draft a little bit after Jedrick Wills. Obviously, there's Tristan Wirfs. So that would have been a tackle. But, um, you know, Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, a guy by the name of Justin Jefferson, <laughs> That's the case for why you take the best player and you don't necessarily say, man, we really need this. So we're going to go take this player. And that's why Andrew Barry really sets up his roster. So he doesn't need to do that. So, yeah, I, I think I think that's what makes this second round pick so interesting. He's going to do he's going to do whatever it takes to, to get the best player available, even if that best player is trading for someone. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have an unhealthy obsession here, and this is what we're going to talk about. It's I, 
I don't know why. And it feels like ultimately we're going to get to the season and this is just going to be a big nothing burger. But I still just think like for all all the saying the nice things and all the kind of laughing and saying it's a good problem to have. I'm still not sure what they're going to do with these three tackles. It's, I still think that's a really hard conversation to have with Jack Conklin. If you decide that he's not going to be one of your starters, I think that's a hard conversation to have with Dewan Jones, who I absolutely believe thinks he's earned a starting job after last year. And I, it's a hard conversation to have with Jed Wills, who's playing on his fifth year option and is entering a very important year for his career and his finances. So I still just think there's, I still think there's something to keep an eye on here. I just don't think it's as simple as that's eh, a good problem to have. We got three starting caliber tackles. Let's go play some football. I just feel like something's got to give at some point. And it might not happen until maybe they have a training camp battle. They make their decision and they trade somebody the day before the 53 man rosters get set, right? Like it could play out that far. And again, maybe it is a big nothing burger and all three guys are on the roster in December. I don't know, Mary Kay, this is still just one of those things. When I look at this roster and I look at those three guys, I, I feel like something's got to give at some point. Well, it's definitely something to keep an eye on, but it's still early. And here's why, because they're all still rehabbing from injuries. Nobody knows exactly who is going to be healthy when. And when you think about it, with Jack Conklin, he suffered a pretty serious knee injury in the first week of the season. Now, when you're 23 years old, it's a lot easier to come back from a knee injury like that, where he tore his ACL and he tore his, I believe, MCL as well. Uh, So that's a tough injury to come back from. So he might need a little bit more time. A lot of times you need, nowadays, ACL is more of a nine-month recovery. But again, once you start to get up there a little bit in age, sometimes you need a few more months than that. So we'll have to keep an eye on that one, see how it goes. And then same thing with the other guys. How are they coming along from their injuries and their surgeries with, with Jed and DeWand? And that might be a reason why it, it does make sense to keep all three of them. Because you need three really good tackles. And maybe you find yourself doing some kind of rotation for a while while they come back from their injuries or whatever the case may be. But I still think it's it's early enough from a rehab standpoint that they're not hard-pressed to make a decision. Now, maybe they get out there in OTAs or whatever and they see that all three are doing great. They're coming along. They're going to be ready for a season for the season. That's when you can start to pivot a little bit and decide if you want to trade someone or whatever the case may be. But I think right now they just need to see who's going to be healthy and when. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm with you on that part where I I don't like, you can't make a trade two weeks from now because of that reason. Right. Um, You know, Jack's injury was pretty early and it was week one. Uh, but Jed and Dewan both got hurt later in the year. So you do need to see where those guys are. I just, I, I don't know. It's just, it's hard for me to imagine. I mean, Jack Conklin is going to be 30. So I don't know if, I, I would imagine he would still want to start. I would imagine he would still, like, he wouldn't want to just ride off into the sunset as a backup. But he also loves being in Cleveland. So maybe, 
maybe he would accept whatever the Browns told him to do. I know, I know he likes being here and I think he'd like to finish his career here. So I don't know. There's a lot of ways this could go, Ashley. And I think just on a roster that doesn't have a lot of like big questions and a lot of huge battles to watch, I think that's one that's going to emerge here pretty soon. Yeah, I think too, it's funny. And I wrote this, the story about the tackles after Andrew talked. And it's like, this is an unexpected problem, I think, for them in a lot of ways, just because Dewan Jones came up the learning curve so much more quickly than anyone could have anticipated. You know, I think, yes, part of it was, okay, Jack Conklin gets hurt in week one, and suddenly you need somebody, and we drafted this kid, and he's big, and whatever. But I also think it's kind of wild looking back at, we all saw him out there at rookie minicamp. We've talked about this extensively. And I think like a big part of it is that he did not look NFL ready when we saw him at that minicamp. We saw him throwing up on the sidelines, of course, and Bill Callahan got in there, Scott Peters, of course, both now gone and worked their magic. And he was ready. He played every snap in that Hall of Fame game. And he became a really solid pass-blocking tackle, especially. So now when you have the younger guy who's big, who does have some versatility, who's also been open about wanting to play left tackle, I'm sure that's something he's discussed with them, like he discussed with Mary Kay, you have some options there. And he's cheap because he's on a rookie deal and you got him in the fourth round. So I think the money portion of this is also really interesting and you know I think you do have to make sure that they keep progressing the way it sounds like they have been and that everyone gets back healthy but Dewan is obviously the cheapest of those three guys and he was really good and he's the youngest yeah it's just and look it is a good problem to have they're not wrong it's good to have when they're healthy three guys who are who can start in the NFL and one that you already know when he's healthy is one of the best tackles in football and Jack Conklin and another guy you hope is developing into that. And Jed jury is still out, but um, they've obviously, they've talked very highly of Jed. We know that. So, and, and again, Mary Kay, this is another position where there's a new position coach, Andy Dickerson. So again, he'll have some say, just like we talked about on the defensive line. He'll kind of look at these guys and get eyeballs on these guys and he'll share his opinion on them. Well, the thing to remember too is you can afford to keep all three of them from a financial standpoint because of Dewan's rookie contract. He is so inexpensive, completely inexpensive and playing way over his first fourth round pedigree. So you can do it. And it's not the worst thing in the world. If you end up having those three guys around, look, they got down to their fourth and fifth offensive tackles. You want to make sure that you're protecting Deshaun Watson this season as best you possibly can. Andrew Barry acknowledged that they're offensive line snobs. Well, if you're a snob, why not have three really good offensive tackles that you can use in the event of injury, in the event of maybe a possible rotation a little bit here and there, uh, keep guys fresh. I mean, you know, it, it could happen. So I don't think that there's any sense of urgency to do anything. Again, as you move into the season, and we know that the Browns are one of six teams that have lobbied to have the trade deadline pushed back a few weeks. You know, as you move closer to that trade deadline, whether it stays at November 1st or it moves back, you know, that could be a time when you make a decision and you see how things are going. 
that could be where you say, hmm, maybe somebody else needs Jack Conklin for their home stretch or, or whatever the case may be. So another thing to keep an eye on. Okay. Another another combine in the books. Um, I'm trying to think, is there like a combine? Everybody likes to talk about the combine after they leave the combine. They like to talk about Indy. We have great weather. because I, I don't know if there's anything that we haven't talked about on the pod about Indy that we, we can say here, but we had great weather. Indianapolis is nice when it's like 60 degrees. It's beautiful. Till the last night, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was an issue till the last night. But We were other... worried Dan was going to get struck by lightning on the second to last night when we oh, were walking yes. back to our hotel and it was boring. Yeah, Dan yeah, forgot, well... about, forgot about the tornado and the, <laughs> <laughs> and the deep freeze. On the right. Got a, okay, fine. The weather was good for all Here but the last, I don't know what. 36 hours. I guess that, sure. I guess that's a pretty good chunk of, chunk yeah. of it. Um, yeah. I did get lost on my way home looking for a coffee shop that ended up not even being open. So mm. I have that going for me. Um, all right. That'll do it for this edition of the orange and Brown talk podcast. I told you we'll have a Hey Mary Kay edition of the pod coming up here as well. So make sure you are subscribed on Apple podcasts and Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts and find us on Instagram at orange and Brown talk on YouTube at Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com. And if you want to become a football insider subscriber, go for it. Cleveland.com slash Browns and blue banner at the top of the page to get all of that in order for Mary Kay and Ashley. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. Mm-hmm.